Today's reading is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is God's word. Good morning, everyone. We are going to be thinking a little bit this morning about what the church is like. And we're going to look at these words from 1 Peter chapter 2. But let's pray together as we begin. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you have made us into a church family together. And we pray that you would help us now to understand more about what that means as we look at these verses together. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the first thing we're going to see is how the church is built on Jesus. There's a verse you'll see in verses 4 and 5. If you have your Bibles, you might want to look down at that. It will come up on the screen as well. And it says this, As you come to him, Jesus, the living stone, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Here, Peter is saying that we can think of the church a bit like a building. Not a building made out of bricks like the one some of us are in, but a building that's made out of people. A building made out of people. Let me show you what that means. If you look down at verse 6, you'll see it says that Jesus is the cornerstone. Now, the cornerstone is the most important stone in the whole building. It's the one everything else gets built on. It's the big stone, a little bit like this one. It's a big stone that goes right at the bottom, and everything else gets put on that. And then you'll see in the verses that there are lots of other living stones. Verse 2 says that Christians are like living stones that get built on Jesus. Verse 6 says if we trust in him, or verse 7 says if we think he's precious, then we get built on Jesus. The church is a building made out of people. So I've got one brick here. And because I trust in Jesus, because I think that Jesus is precious, I get to be built on top of Jesus. So I'm going to draw a picture of myself. You might be able to see this on the camera or in the building. It's not going to be great because I'm not good at art. But let's have a look. I'm going to draw a picture of myself. Stick figure is the best I can do. Here we go. I'll write my name. And then I get to be put on top of Jesus, built on him. Because I trust that in Jesus, because I think Jesus is precious, I get to be built on top of Jesus. But it's not just me. Anyone and everyone who trusts in Jesus, who thinks Jesus is precious, 
they get to be built on top of Jesus. So, we've got some more here. You might notice some of the pictures that have been sent in by some of the children or the young people, even some of the adults as well. Anyone who trusts in Jesus gets to be built on top of him. So we've got some more. Here we go. Maybe you've spotted a picture of someone you know by now. Even more here. Put another one on. And hopefully there'll be enough room at the end for the last one. Here we go. Each one of these has a picture on it of someone here at church. And these are people who trust in Jesus, who think Jesus is precious. They're built on top of Jesus. And in fact, everyone at our church, if there was enough space, we could have built a really, really high one. If everyone who trusts in Jesus had drawn a picture of themselves and put it on top of here. Because the church is built on Jesus. But you know, there's a problem sometimes, which is that not everyone thinks Jesus is precious. Not everyone wants to build their life on him. In fact, the verses talk about people who reject Jesus and try and build their lives on other things. And did you know that Jesus is the only person who's stable enough for us to build our whole lives on? And so let's have a look at a couple of videos and see what happens when people try to build their lives on other things. Hopefully the videos will come up and hopefully you can see them. Did you see that? When we try and build on Jesus, Jesus is stable, he's solid, we can build our church and our life on him. But when we try and build on other things, it doesn't work. Did you see they tried to build on money, they tried to build on toys, and it didn't work. Neither of those things were stable and solid enough for us to build our lives on. Only Jesus is the foundation, the cornerstone that we can build our lives on. But how do we do that? How do we build our life on Jesus? What does it look like for us as a church to keep building our lives on Jesus? Well, I asked lots of people in the church family to, to, to tell us what they've been doing to help build their life on Jesus. So what we're going to do is we're going to watch a quick video now of different people telling us ways we can build our life on Jesus. And as you listen to what they say, why not think of something you could do at home or here to build your life on Jesus? Let's have a listen. Over lockdown, we've been trying to build our lives on Jesus by learning memory verses and reading biographies of different Christians. My favourite one is about Brother Andrew, who smuggled Bibles into Eastern Europe. He has taught me to risk your life for God. My favourite biography that I read was about Eric Liddell. He teaches us that we should put God above anything else. We have also been learning memory verses as a family. My favourite verse has been Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, which has helped me understand that I can pray to God about anything and bring all my worries and concerns to him. Something that Jackie and I have enjoyed about the services this year is the questions that come at the end, and they've really enabled us to have a richer experience of the, the service each week and enabled us to share probably more than we otherwise would have with each other. I have been building my life on Jesus by reading Philippians in Ignite, which um, has helped me see how Paul handled really hard times um, by continuously trusting in Jesus and um, knowing that God always has a plan. During lockdown, I've been trying to build my life on how Jesus reveals who he is in John's Gospel. I've been loving the statements that he makes about what it means for him to be God. Like when he says he's the light of the world, able to bring understanding to humanity's complete darkness. 
During lockdown, I have been building my life on Jesus by reading the book of James in Pathfinders, where I have learnt how to live a Christian life. I feel kind of like I've been failing at quite a lot of things during lockdown, and so it's been a great encouragement to work through Genesis in the morning and just to know that God's promises will never let me go, even when I fail him again and again and again and again. Our God is a God of relentless grace. We've been watching the church's psalm videos together each morning and then basing our prayers together on that. And um, I've also been chatting with a couple of friends who are also mums every couple of weeks to talk through articles and podcasts um, to help us base our lives on Jesus and do that as we raise our children. Okay, Christopher, what is the most meaningful to you about Sunday school? I like the leader's feature and the song, and I really feel so deep into my soul. That's great, I especially like the memory verses, especially from when they're from Corinthians. I really also like the music they put into it and the crafts that you can do and the stuff that you can actually join into in the video. It goes me, All right, Christopher, go. and then others. Okay. So we've been trying to do family time in the mornings. We have a couple of different devotionals that we use. Um, and um, we've also been listening to songs in the morning about Jesus so that we can center our day around Jesus early in the morning. Um, we take prayer requests as a family and then we pray through them in the morning. The Sunday school stuff, seeing the kids get so excited about the songs has been great. I love seeing that and jumping around and dancing. Can I stop it? Ah la la! <laughs> well, we've seen, haven't we, that the church is built on Jesus. And the next thing we're going to see is that the church is named by Jesus. The church is named by Jesus. Now, a name tells us what something is like. A name tells us what something is like. Now, to, to help us understand this, I'm going to show you a, some pictures of a few different buildings in London. And what I want you to do in your, in your little groups or at home, have a look at the, the building and see if you can work out what name it has been given. The clue is, it's what it looks like, okay? So here's the first one. Hopefully you can see that. Is it called the shard or is it called the cube? Which one do you think it is? I'll give you just a couple of seconds to have a think. Brilliant. That one, hopefully you guessed it, is the shard, right? Because it looks like a shard of glass. Okay, let's have a look at the next one. Is this building the broccoli or the gherkin? Which one's that? The broccoli or the gherkin? Just take a moment to have a think about that one in your little groups. Some of you may not know what a gherkin looks like, but this one is... It's a ger the gherkin. Let's have a look at the next one. Is this called the walkie-talkie or the laptop? Which one do you think that one looks like? The walkie-talkie or the laptop? More discussions. That one is called the walkie-talkie, if you remember what those look like. The walkie-talkie. Okay, final one. Is this one the biscuit tin or the cheese grater? Which one do you think that one is called? The biscuit tin or the cheese grater? Which one does it look like? 
That one sort of, doesn't it, a little bit, you can see it looks like a cheese grater. It's the cheese grater. For each of those buildings, the names show us what it's like. And that's no different with our church building that we have here. Our church building has been given names by Jesus to show us what it's like. If you just look at verse 9 in that passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, let me read it for you, and you'll see there are four names that the church is given. It says this, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. There are four names that the church is given. I've got name labels over here. I'll just take them off so we can see them all. Got chosen, got royal, got holy, and we've got special. Chosen, royal, holy, and special. Four names that the church is given, and they tell us what the church is like. The church is chosen. I don't know if you've ever been chosen for something. I know it puts a massive smile on your face, doesn't it, when you know you've been chosen for something. When I was at school, I always wanted to play in the school cricket team, and you'd walk down the corridor, and the coach would have put up the list of who's playing in the cricket team. And you look down the list, and there's your name, and you've been chosen. And it puts a massive smile on your face to know that you're chosen. Well, God has chosen the church, not because we've done anything, not because we deserve it, but because he's very kind and he's full of grace. The fact that we're chosen should put a big smile on our faces. Secondly, the church is royal. The church is royal. Now, Jesus is the king, but if we're in his family, that makes us part of the royal family. Prince William isn't the king yet. But he is in the royal family. Wherever he goes, he represents the royal family. He's royal. And wherever we go as the church, we represent King Jesus. We're in the royal family. We represent King Jesus to the world. The third name there is holy. That just means different or set apart, separate, because the church is supposed to be different from the world. We aren't supposed to like the same things that the world likes or talk the way the world talks or hope for the same things that the world hopes for. The church is to be holy. We're different. And then finally, the church is special. Of all the things that God has created in the world, he loves the church especially. I don't know if you, as a child, had a teddy bear. You might have lots of teddy bears, but there'll probably be one teddy bear that was a special teddy bear for you, that you'd take it wherever you go. One special teddy bear that you love especially more than anything else. That's what God feels about the church. It's his special possession. The thing that he loves specially. How amazing it is that the church gets given names special by God. So we've seen the four names, chosen, royal, holy, and special. They're the names that God gives to his church. And of course, the challenge for all of us is to be shaped by the names that, the, that God gives to the church, rather than what the names the world gives to the church. The world might say the church is irrelevant or old-fashioned or bigoted or hypocritical or divisive, all those different names that the world gives to the church. But here, God says, no, no, you are chosen and royal and holy and special. And God wants us to be shaped by those names, not the names the world gives us. Brilliant. Well, we've seen, haven't we, that the church is built on Jesus and the church is named by Jesus. We've got one more thing that we're going to see, which is that the church is speaking of Jesus. There should be a verse that you'll see in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And the second half says this, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
The church is speaking of Jesus. Now, to, to think about this, I've got a question for us. And it's a question all of us can answer. Even those at home, we can join in. We're going to try something we've not tried before. We're going to try and have a live poll. All you need for this is a phone. If you have a phone, we're going to put a question up. And there's a way that you can answer. Even people at home can answer this. And we'll see what the, the poll results are. So hopefully there's a slide that can come up that will tell you where you need to go. So here's the question. The question is this. Which of these makes the loudest sound? Okay, we've got a fire engine. We've got a rescue helicopter. We've got a police snowmobile. And we've got a lifeboat, okay? So the siren on the, the fire engine, the blades on the helicopter, the engine of the snowmobile, and the lifeboat. So you need to decide which one you think makes the loudest sound. The way that we can send in our answers is by going to this website called sli.do. And when you get there, you just type in ccm-allage. So if you go to sli.do, then go to CCM All Age. You should be able to select which one you think makes the loudest noise, and we should get live poll results coming through. You've got a couple of minutes to do that. Hopefully, it'll be working. Brilliant. I'm getting thumbs up, which means I think it's working. So people here in the building and people at home should be able to do that. Which one makes the loudest sound? Have a think, and you can send in your answers. The time will keep going down, and if, if you had a chance to send in your answers, that you can just discuss the question, what do all of those sounds have in common? What do all of those sounds have in common? When you've had a chance to send in your answer, what do all of those sounds have in common? That's the question to discuss. Just give ourselves another 30 seconds. Which makes the loudest sound? And then when you've had a chance to send in an answer, we should be able to see our, our poll results on the screen and discuss which, what do all the sounds have in common. That's the thing you have to discuss, what they have in common in your little groups. Okay, brilliant. We'll see if we're able to get poll results coming up in a moment. Here we go. Wow, okay, so it looks like we've got rescue helicopters coming in at 61. Fire engine 32, snowmobile 3, lifeboat 3%. That's what we think makes the loudest sound. Now, my, my very um, advanced Google searching has given me an answer, and it says this. It says, the loudest one is, in fact, the fire engine siren. Now, I think it depends slightly how far away you're standing from them, but it says it's the fire engine siren at 120 decibels. That's the loudest sound out of all of those ones. That's the loudest sound. And hopefully you had a chance as well to discuss, what do all of those sounds have in common? And the answer is that when you hear the sound, you know there's a rescuer. When you hear the sound, you know there is a rescuer. If you're stuck in a burning building and you hear the sound of a fire engine, you know that there's a rescuer coming. If you're trapped up a mountain and you hear the helicopter blades going around, you know there's a rescuer coming. If you're drowning in the sea and you hear the sound of a lifeboat, you know there's a rescuer coming. If you're stuck in the snow and you hear the sound of the snowmobile, you know there's a rescuer coming. Each of those sounds, if you hear the sound, you know there's a rescuer coming. Do you remember what our verse from the Bible said? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it said this, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The verse is telling us is that when you hear the sound of the church, the whole world should know that there's a rescuer. When you hear the sound of the church, the whole world should know there's a rescuer because the church is speaking of Jesus. 
The verse says that the church has been rescued by Jesus. It's been called out of darkness. The darkness of our sin and our rejection of God. We've been called out of darkness into the light that God has given. The church has been rescued by God. He is our rescuer. And now the church speaks of Jesus and tells everyone all about Jesus. I've just got here... I don't think I'm allowed to speak into it. I've got here a megaphone. If I could, if I could speak into this megaphone, I was allowed to speak into the megaphone, you'd hear it's very, very loud. And it's like the church has a big megaphone out in front. And all the church is saying to people all the time is, there is a rescuer. There is a rescuer who can rescue you out of darkness into light. The church is speaking of Jesus. That's what we're to be doing. We're built on Jesus, named by Jesus, and to be speaking of Jesus all the time. The challenge for us as a church is to keep on speaking about Jesus, telling everyone that there is a rescuer who's called people out of darkness into the light.